Super Talk Mississippi media production. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Woo-wee. My goodness. It's August, y'all. And guess what? The hurricane's not coming here. (laughs) At least not this one. (laughs) That's the best news I can give you today. We have a lot of other things that are pretty intense and need to be dealt with. But if you've got friends, as I do, in uh, the upper part, New England, way up yonder, as they say, they're about to have a real surprise from Hurricane Henri. Now, I can also tell you that Grace, his predecessor, um, has I, I think has already made landfall in Mexico, but did strengthen before it got there, so we will be hearing about that, too. It's not that there's not a lot going on. It's just that at this moment, our part of the Gulf of Mexico is just really warm. We're not having a lot of the other things that other places are having at the moment, but guess what? September's not here yet, so we have to pay attention. These are things that affect gardeners. These are things that affect people. Um I have to say that someone has bolted the microphone. If, you, if you're having trouble hearing me, it's about three inches lower than it usually is, and I don't know how to fix that. I don't touch these things. But anyway, I'm going to lean in a little bit, which I don't usually have to do. I'm happy, happy, happy that you decided to make weekend gardening part of your life, because guess what? We're all gardeners. We're all here to tend and steward this earth. we got things to do. we got food to grow. We've got flowers to enjoy and a whole lot of lawns to mow right now. This recent uh, heat, summer, rain, this and that, all of that leads us to much excitement in the lawn department. So maybe you want to talk about that today. Maybe you'd like to talk about the ways that we are looking at fall vegetables. I'm uh, picking tomatoes right now, but they're as you all know, I love to grow cherry tomatoes in part because they will, anytime they get a chance, they'll set a fruit. So that's what I'm picking right now. And I've also got some other things going. The The onions are starting to happen. I think it's probably time to plant the shallots. And um, I didn't really mean to plant the garlic, but I did plant one. It, I don't even know how I did this. But now it looks really good. It's a month sooner than I should have planted it, though. So... I don't know what that bodes for next year. What's on your garden mind today? Let's talk. 888-808-8637 is the Supertalk call line. The C Spire text line is, of course, open to you at 601-879-4395. I always enjoy talking to you about your garden and listening to what you have to say as well as looking at your pictures. Um, I I had no idea that, that things could be measured quite this well, but... The good news is, back in the day when they banned global, the CFCs, um, this was part of the early efforts. You you may remember somebody in your life, if not yourself, um, saying, yeah, we used to have a lot more things in spray cans with aerosol in it. And we decided at some point, well, we didn't decide, we discovered that the ozone layer was getting holes in it, and that was one of the biggest contributors. So the CFC pan really did... Um, hit a lot of people. It, it, ended, it ended up in pump bottles of all sorts of products, and it, it also ended up in a different point of view. Um, just like everything, there's 
you know, there were people that would go in and actually look in your bathroom to see whether you still had aerosol cans and then take you to task about it. I'm serious. I'm not kidding. I was at a party once where that happened. And um, I was brought up to think that that was a little too rude. I might have left a note, <laughs> but I wouldn't have confronted anybody. <laughs> anyway, we're now learning from Lancaster University and brand new um, releases of information. The evidence tells us that the planet's ability to absorb carbon from the atmosphere truly would have been massively more degraded had we not gone ahead and banned the CFCs. These are things that we can't see for decades after they're put into place. But the Montreal Protocol did, in fact, put this effort out, and it made a whole lot of sense at the time to a lot of people. It didn't make a lot of sense to other people, but now we have that long arc of profit, of profit, long arc of the information coming to us that shows us that it has been profitable to us. The depleted ozone layer, of course, would have been um, difficult for us because it exposes the earth to more UV rays. We don't really need that. Plants, of course, um, are, are a big help, but when we are overrunning that with more ozone-depleting substances, we have to actually pay attention to what's going on. So the good news is the analysis reveals the remarkable linkage through the carbon cycle between the changes and the results as opposed to what would what would have happened because we know about that interesting stuff today things that you might want to consider as you're talking about um, problems in our world we can fix a lot of things we can't fix everything but we can fix a lot of things in fact they there there are scientists right now who are reporting to us from research at MIT, <laughs> indeed, there, there, it may not be that we used to think that this, um, the, the locus coeruleus is when I went to school, we, we learned that it was um, something that would give you a, a report. Okay, it was it was the like send, sending um, the bell at the end of the classroom or something. It was more of an alarm at that point, but it's actually more active according to this new review of the literature about it, what was considered a one single thing that did global information, global influence in just one way is actually turns out it has a whole lot different work. And what this, what does this do for us? Well, this tells us that the ways that we learn, if you were taught, as I was, that everybody learns, they just learn in their own way. Well, the, the difference in the way that this particular part of your brain regulates stuff may give us some insight into that. So I look forward to them studying it. Patricia's from Van Cleve. Welcome in. Let's talk about onions. What are you planting? It is. I've got two yellow onions that sprouted in the refrigerator. Oh, yeah. I took them out, and they still sprout. And can I go ahead and plant them in a pot or in the ground? Uh, whole or do I need to cut them, cut the tops off? How do I go about doing that? You've got both ways going. Um, have they started putting out new roots at the bottom of their planting, or are they just sending out tops? I think they're just sending out tops. Okay. In that case, I would cut. I would plant one of them whole and cut the other one into a top and plant the bottom of it to see if it can sprout, but I would plant that top itself that has the green part coming off of it already. I would plant it in something very sandy, very well-drained, and see if we can't go ahead and get it to encourage some roots. If you've got some root stimulator or something, you can water it with some um, you know, vermicompost or something. That will help, too. Sometimes you can plant the whole onion and it works great. Sometimes it just rots. And so unless the top can send out roots quickly, it, it 
sometimes gets overwhelmed. Now, the good news is you've at least got some green onions for a while. <laughs> one of them does. I noticed one of them does since I looked at it. One does have a few sprigs on the bottom. Okay, the then I would, I would not cut that one. I would plant that one. And just set them down in a pot or put them down in the ground? I want to put it in a container. Um, you can certainly grow onions in the ground, but we don't know if the ground is going to be wet, dry, or what for the next few months. And onions really like a consistent soil. So I would okay. I would give them a container. And just keep them inside, or can I keep them outside? Oh, no, outside. Outside. Absolutely. And, and break off these and use these for now or not? Sure, a few of them. Leave enough so that the plant can continue to photosynthesize, but you can certainly eat a few, you know, of the, of the leaves as you go along. Okay. All right. Thank and I you. Thank you very much. I'm excited. I look forward to hearing how it goes. Thanks, Patricia. That's the sort of stuff we talk about around here. We get an idea of what you're doing. I tell you what I've done it from time to time. Um, this this particular bunch of onions that I'm working with right now are various, and I realized today that I have some of the shallots really grew bigger than I thought. I didn't realize that I thought I had eaten all the big ones, but it turns out I have two or three yet to plant of that, too. So just an interesting bunch of stuff. Um, it, it, it can be fun to do, and, and really a lot more fun than you might think. Um, I think I need to open another, I think I need to open another um, screen here. There we go. I got them. All right. <laughs> Let's see now. What do we got going on on the text line? Well, 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 well. So the purple hull seas went everywhere. Thank you, John. And now they're sprouting everywhere. <laughs> Pretty flowers. I like that. Pretty flowers. Um, it, it Just wherever they could fit, you know. I think it's great. That's fun. Let's see now. Um, this is Tricia, and she's talking about having tulips. I'll have to read that. It, this is not the time to... Tulips would not be doing well right now if they're in the ground. Um, and if you are planting them, of course, that's something that we purchase in the fall, put in the refrigerator, and then plant late fall, even into the winter, because we treat those as annuals here. Um, big, big important stuff. Does it, do you know what cuttlefish look like? They do, they, this is not like cuddle with a D. This is cuttle with T's. They're not particularly attractive. I had no idea, though, that they can remember things. You know? Um, I, I don't think about fish as having memories. I have lived with fish. <laughs> I've certainly consumed plenty and have even fished a few times. But it turns out that coming from the University of Cambridge, we have now been working on memory tests on 24 common cuttlefish. Half of them were not quite adults. These are only two. They only live to be about two years old. And um, humans in their 90s are the, 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 the same as cuttlefish that make it to two, to two plus years. But they are not in the same way as we are subject to this episodic memory, which is to say, what did you have for dinner last week? That that kind of thing. Cuttlefish don't have this, and their brain structure is dramatically different. So the question of how do we how do they learn all these things? How do they remember it? But it was a really fascinating study. There's, they were it's one of those where they're rewarded for repeating a behavior. 
And indeed, they did. And indeed, they found out they have short lifespans. So if you can study them, you can understand how their brain works through the whole time because it's not a very long time. And it also tells you that what, why would they need to know these things? Well, because it takes them back to the appropriate mating places. It takes them to the next good food source. And apparently, it, it makes them um, – they, they don't – it, it in, enhances the genetic diversity of these particular fish because they can remember where they were, what they had for dinner, and, in, in fact, um, who their partners were. That's fascinating. I had no idea. Cuttlefish, you know, are kind of flamboyant in their own sort of odd way. <laughs> Let's see. Um, Jeb's in Kemper County. What's going on? Oh, how are you doing this morning? Very well, thank you. Tomatoes on your mind? Yes, some tomato plants on my mind. We're kind of having trouble getting them to grow, like, in one spot. Would it be okay, like, to kind of try to move them to a different spot and try to get them to grow right now, or is it really not a good time to do that either? How long have they been in the ground? They haven't been in there too long. Then you can certainly dig them up and transplant them if you want to. This is the time that we would be planting new tomato plants. So if these are young, you go right ahead. You have no problem doing that. Thank you for calling today. It's good to hear from you. I appreciate that. Then I'm coming back up. The the text line, of course, is heating up. (laughs) Beautiful pictures, y'all. This is just marvelous. Um, And that is an odd. You're right, Brenda. Brenda's in Brandon with a beautiful yellow rose that we don't recognize. It's lovely. It it has a has a few qualities of a few other things, the other roses, but it's it isn't making uh, it isn't making an ID in my head either. Hello, Alan in Pontotoc. What is the best time to cut back oak leaf hydrangeas, and how far back do you cut? Actually, we're right at the edge of no more time to cut them. We, we cut them back in the latter part of the summer after they've bloomed, and of course they do hold their flowers all the way through the winter if you don't cut them off. But if you need to do some of this pruning on an oak leaf hydrangea, there's a couple of things to understand. The first is that the first five years that they're in the ground, they're they're really gaining their speed. They're, that's one of the reasons I think that oak leaves have not been as popular in the landscape. They can take a little bit more sun in the morning, for example, than oak leaf hydrangeas, I mean, than other hydrangeas do, but they still need that afternoon shade. So they have a different position in the garden. They're beautiful, but they don't look as great that first two or three or four years even as they are going to in the in years eight, nine, ten, and forward. So if you're growing one, don't be too hesitant to leave it alone. You know, you may want to take off some old flowers so that the whole thing looks a little bit rounder perhaps or a little more upright if it tends to be sprawly. That's fine. But after about five years, there's going to be so many shoots coming up from the bottom that you're going to want to take the oldest ones off down all the way to the ground. Just a few of them, just enough to keep air circulating and to make it so that the plant can still continue to bloom. But it doesn't really take a lot of pruning to maintain oak leaf hydrangeas. Don't cut any more than a fourth or a third of it off in any one year at any one time over the size of it. But after about five years in the ground, you are going to want to take some of the canes out um, as individuals. Thanks for that question, Ellen. That's a good one. How do you feel when people interrupt you? I get interrupted all the time. Do you feel like you're being interrupted? Do you feel like that's a problem? I think when I began um, my career as a writer, I, I think I had a fantasy that a lot of people do. 
I thought that it would I, I could work in a greenhouse and never see people. I could write and and the money would just somehow come in over the transom. You know, well, it turns out that doesn't work. <laughs> That's actually I don't even think the poets that pretended like that worked actually had it worked. I think they all had an endowment somewhere that supported them. But for us here in the real world, we do have to engage. And one of the things that people have noticed in the time that we spent apart in greater numbers here in the last pandemic time, and we may be facing this again, so it's important to pay attention. If you work in an office environment, you understand that you're going to get interrupted. And people think they like it or they think they don't like it, but the experience of it has been very dramatic over this last couple of years now. What they talked to was, um, in this particular case, for this study from the University of Cincinnati, they worked on over just over 100 full-time employees talking ed- 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 um, with them, talking with them about twice a week. And what they wanted to find out was if there was an interruption, if it, how it worked out, what that did to them about their how they mentally felt about it afterwards, whether they liked it in the sense that it, it contributed to their sense of belonging in the workplace, or whether it made them feel like they needed to isolate more in order to do more work. It's a pretty interesting study. Turns out that we actually like to be interrupted because it does make us feel more connected to the other people that we're around. And yeah, sometimes those interruptions are what spur the next piece of creative thinking. How about that? See, when somebody interrupts you, don't just put your hand up and say, shush. I know, that's me. I'll try not to do that if you'll stick around for more weekend gardening. Everybody's got a thing But some don't know how to handle it Always reaching out in vain Just taking the things not worth having But don't you worry about a thing Don't you worry about a thing, mama At AT AT&T, we believe that access to affordable home internet brings you incredible opportunities. You can enjoy the power to explore a digital world of possibilities and connect with family, friends, and the things that matter most. That's why there's access from AT&T. If a member of your household is a SNAP participant, you may qualify for home internet at a discounted rate of $10 a month or less. No commitment, no deposit, no installation fee. Plus, get an in-home Wi-Fi gateway included at no extra cost. Call 1-855-220-5211 or visit att.com slash access now to learn more. SNAP refers to the Federal Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Pricing excludes taxes and fees. Includes one terabyte of data per month. Data overage charges apply. For details about data allowance, go to att.com slash internet dash usage. Geographic and service restrictions apply. Tired of being gone from home all week? If so, Union Corrugating has an immediate need for Class A CDL drivers in the Vicksburg area. Competitive pay, paid time off, 401k match, plus medical and dental benefits. Right Right now, there's there's a $5,000 sign-on bonus to all Class A CDL drivers that join our team. Call 1-888-661-0577 or visit Indeed.com. Union Corrugating, a leading manufacturer of metal roofing, an equal opportunity employer. 
At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick, GMC, or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Speaking to all men, if you're a stickler about your ride or your car looking just right, then why don't you take better care of yourself? Man Up MD is a concierge medical clinic, tailor-made for men of all ages. We offer convenient same-day appointments with personalized primary care and treatment plans designed for you to reclaim your energy and performance. Man Up MD can have you tuned up and ready for rocking down the highway. Check us out online at menshealthms.com. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Did you know the arrow in Amazon's logo represents A to Z? Maybe the My Computer Career logo should represent unemployed to employed. Ryan was out of work when he started classes in March. In September, he started his IT career working for... Amazon, making more money than he ever thought possible. Here's a prime opportunity. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You could start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. Did you know you can find the latest sales information or breaking jewelry fashions from Albritton's on Facebook? Hi, I'm Cameron Albritton. We've come a long way since my great granddad opened in 1920. How we live, travel, and even celebrate. But some things shouldn't change. Fine diamonds and jewelry from All Britons are still treasured for their quality and value. Be sure to like us on Facebook and come see us. All Britons, Mississippi's foremost diamond merchant. For those of you who have not paid any attention about this uh, lately, we're heading into another heat wave. (laughs) Pay attention, friends. Put on your sunscreen. And yes, your mask, too. It's not a good time to... uh, I have to admit, I I was a little sweaty yesterday at the grocery store. But on the other hand, it was the middle of the afternoon. What was I doing going out then anyway? I don't know. But... What you need to do is to pay attention to one more thing, and that, of course, is excessive heat, which is a problem for us every summer. Just this particular summer, it's a bigger problem. Well, well, welcome in. Good morning, Ed from Odell. Where are you from, Ed? Uh, Ovet, Mississippi. That's what I thought. I was trying to, I was thinking, this is going to be Ed from Ovet, isn't it? Yes, it is. What's going on, sir? Well, I got eight rows of oak here, about 40, 45 yards, small a piece. That's up about six, some eight feet, making good oak. But 
But I got this bug. I call it the bird shot or BB bug, or whatever. It looks like you shot each week with number eight bird shot. <laughs> yeah. First of all, I want to know what what is it, and will seven dust kill it? Um, oh, what is the name of that critter? Uh, it you picked a good name. It's a it, it is a tiny. It's a hibiscus beetle, but that's not the name of the bug. Okay, it's one that gets on other other members of that family too. Um, yeah, if you've got seven, go ahead and use it. Uh, I have to tell you that I've I've never been for years and years. I have felt like chloriferous is overused in the yard, in the garden, in the house. In the warehouse, in the silo, you know, it was used everywhere for, for too, too long. We overdid it. And indeed, the EPA has announced that it's going to stop allowing the use of this particular one on food. So it, it, it's an old study. It, the, the information came out years ago and gave us the news that we needed to stop doing this. But of course, things take time in the marketplace. But no other study has come along that displays disputes these four or five that are the summation of all of this they just that everything was challenged of course in court like it always is but what's happened now is that the after a decade of the science and an inability of the court to actually say anything except send it back to somebody else the EPA is now taking because it's their job in the first place now when it comes to food anyway what I have found is that too many people don't know you're supposed to wash your vegetables, all right? Fruits, too, um, to, re- to remove the traces of bacteria that's on there, but also to remove if there happens to be anything on the, the, the surface of the plant that would be a pesticide. Very, very small amounts um, will remain in, in things that you purchase, and it, it's really difficult to tell you not to do this, particularly if you have a bag of it sitting at your house. But when you go to buy something else, let's buy something else, okay? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just curious. Like I said, my oak is up. I mean, I'm cutting three, four Walmart bags full a day, and it just, I'm seeing that bug just keep coming on each leaf, and I'm yep. just like, well, got to I will just say that, that particular, read that particular formulation's um, label about how long before you can pick again, because if you're picking every day, you may decide to let the bugs have it for a while. Just read your labels. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. Because I want pickled okra now, Ed. <laughs> Thank you for calling. Everybody needs to have an okra favorite. Mine is pickled. You know, I don't know how you like your okra, but that's mine. Yeah, we're coming to the uh, the change in. It's an eraser. It's in a whole bunch of stuff. It's in a lot of different um, different uh, pesticides. As long as we're on that subject, I may as well give you the other piece of information too, if I can find it. Here it is. Um, you've heard me for a long time. I don't use. Glyphosate. I don't use that. I don't find it doesn't do what it claims to do for me, and it also does other things I don't want it to do. We understand that there have been lawsuits. We understand all that stuff, and I think I've probably personally signed at least ten petitions um, asking for this product to be taken out of garden products. I recognize it's a different thing. At the farm level, agriculture is different from horticulture in many ways. That's one of them. But um, you know that Bayer now owns Monsanto, which was the original parent of Roundup, the glyphosate, from the 70s, okay? And what they're doing now is, I'm not going to go through the concerns. We've talked about this before. But they're going to take the glyphosate out of consumer products, out of garden shelf products. It'll still be there at the agricultural level. That's a different subject, different issue. But I am pleased 
at both of these developments. I don't want to tell. I mean, there's plenty of other ways to grow our gardens, to take care of our pests, and to get rid of weeds. Okay, we don't have to do things that we know from the science are harming us. So there it is. Anyway, something else to consider. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. The Super Talk call line is open to you. Six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. The C Spire text line. It is in fact um, always. There are advantages and disadvantages to having a long career. One of the advantages is you know when you started harping on something. The bad news is if you've been listening the whole time, you've heard me harping on these things for a long while. But I don't. It's not. It's not about being. It's about being conscious. It's about paying attention to what you're putting into your your garden and into your food. You know, it absolutely is. Um, and let's see what else have we got going on. It's true. There's uh, there's a lot of joy to be had. I used to keep an editorial about the joy of weeding your garden on the bulletin board in my office for a long time because it is all about. And I do I agree with you, Ken. There's a lot about um, self reflection. And if you are tired, if you are sorrowful, if you are needing to get emotions out in one way or another. Weeding the garden is a very helpful way to do that. You're absolutely right. Who knew? Bob, welcome in. What's going on in Summit today? I've been reading about raised gardens and everything and saw on on the Internet where someone had taken and dug 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 a hole a foot, foot and a half deep below their raised gardens and stack some uh, cut wood in there up to the height of the bottom of the raised garden, and then put the raised garden on top of it. Uh, that would be for rotting down to the next two or three or four or five, I don't know how many years. And I just want to know what your thought on that and the kind of wood to use. Well, I, I think we have seen over the years a lot of developments in what we're going to do underneath the raised garden, you know, underneath the raised bed. And one of them is certainly this method of um, basically a wooden base for it, but it's, it's old, it's, it's, it's limbs, and it's, you know, it's the things that you're going to recycle, but you didn't, wouldn't necessarily want to set fire to. You build a pit, and then you put the garden on top of it. Um, there's also a, a form of gardening that I can't, I wish that I could. I wish I could pronounce it. The the Hugen something something. Somebody call me and tell me what the right word is for it. But anyway, um, it it is a it's that same method. And then on top of that, you even put the wood on top. In other words, the whole thing just ultimately rots down and stuff grows in it. So I have one piece of that in my garden where it's basically the wildlife part. There's pokeberry and there's, you know, wild berry, wild blackberries and that sort of stuff that have been in there. And it, it literally will grow anything that you put there. Now, what does this mean for you for building and what kind of wood? I think that this is mostly just not wood that has been processed in any fashion. For example, you don't want to use pressure-treated wood. You don't want to use painted wood. You know, you don't want to use those. That It's not a place for recycling things that are um, that need to be attended to before they get in the ground. So, if, but, if, but any other kind of wood is going to be fine. It's Some things obviously rot faster than others. If you put oak there, it's going to be a long time before it starts, before it gets rotted. On the other hand, you put in cedar trunks and, and stuff like that, you may get a little faster action. But it's a, the idea is just simply that you're building 
you're not only reusing and recycling what is present, but you're also building something that's going to be a better bed for the long haul than one that you just stick out there in a frame. So I'm for it. It's a lot of it's a lot of work, but I'm for it. Well, I'm probably going to get your grandkids to do most of the work. I'm just going to tell them how to do it. I like that. I like that. Thanks, Bob. (laughs) Ah, yes. Putting the youth to work. Oh, on that on that note, by the way, um, there's information today that you may not want to know, or those kids may not want to know it. Um, There, you always think about. When did stuff change? You know, you talk to anybody that's over 40 and they'll tell you that they needed to go to the eye doctor if they hadn't already ever been in their life. They'll, they'll also tell you that uh, something's not working like it used to, you know, and sometimes people feel like, oh, well, I'm just fine, and then they're over 50 and suddenly they think their metabolism has slowed. Well, it turns out that your metabolism changes with age, but it's not when you probably think. Um, some people remember, as they say in this particular story, it's coming from the Pennington Biomedical Research Center, which is in Louisiana. Um, there, people remember a time when we could eat anything we wanted and not gain weight. I don't. <laughs> I've never had that. I had. I've always had to do a whole lot of exercise to put up with what I wanted to eat. But anyway, it's another story. But. The rate at which you burn calories actually peaks earlier than most of us would say. And it frankly starts its, quite honestly, inevitable descent later on than you think. In other words, things slow down, but they kind of get into a holding pattern with us in terms of our metabolism. And the, the pieces and parts that we notice are some things that do change, but they're not necessarily metabolic. They may be, for example... Um, more related to the overuse of that particular elbow or knee or, you know, whatever it is. It's not really your metabolism slowing that caused the problem. Now, on the other hand, um, if they what, what they did was to, to do this the whole double label, doubly labeled water experiment, which is crazy. But what they have used it um, to measure daily energy expenditure, been using it since the 1980s, but really this was a big limited bunch of stuff. Now they've gone over the entire lifespan. If you think anything's hard, try figuring out the metabolism of a baby as opposed to one, you know, one this month, the three-month-old versus the six-month-old versus whatever else it is. And of course, there's so many things that change in the baby's rapid growth period. So we really have faster because we've got to grow when we're little. But metabolisms really, really do begin to be, they, they're most stable. They change, though. They get lower. But they tend to be stable from your 20s to your 50s. So all those people that say, oh, I'm just getting old, and they're like 45, tell them it's not their metabolism. It's something else in their lifestyle that's causing them to feel that way. Because in reality, as we get further out in, in terms of age, we actually have the the this is this is really the bad news for you folks with the middle age spread. Your your metabolism really didn't change any. You just changed your habits and not and didn't you burn up enough calories to put up with what you were eating. But after sixty, a person's cells do slow down, and then a person in their nineties really does need about a quarter less calories to promote all of the energy they're going to use and expand than a person in, in midlife, than a person, say, between 40 and 50, or, or a person between 50 and 60, I'm sorry. Um, it's interesting. The work of the cells changes, 
but it doesn't change. We can't blame everything on that metabolism. We really just we really got to pay more attention than that. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's funny. Ah, pickled okra. Mmm. Oh, that does sound delicious. Varna does in Louisiana, of course. And this is the pickled okra with a base liquid from crab boil. Oh, my goodness. Now I'm in real trouble. I love, love, love this. Sounds great. Let's see. The sage. Oh, hey, Don, in Gulfport. The, the sago is beautiful. Good heavens. Look at that. It's 60 years old, or more, and it's as tall as the house. That's just beautiful. Oh, wow. Okay. The neighbor wants to get rid of this gigantic plant, and oh, I can't believe they want to get rid of this plant. I'm sorry. I'm kind of taken aback by that. But let me think about it. Let me think about it. Um, Don, i got to give you some ideas about it. Your ideas for moving it sound good. Um, but I'd wait a little bit later than mid-September. I would. I'll, I'm just concerned about how stable it will be in the new spot, and whether or not you'll be able to get enough compost tea, vermiculture tea, root stimulator, something to it. Particularly if we have a hurricane out in out in that time. So look at the weather. Look at the long-term forecast. And if you don't see anything, at least for a couple of weeks, go ahead somewhere in late September start that process. Oh, I'm so sad. That's hard. It's a big beautiful plant and I can understand if you don't don't like it, you wouldn't understand what you're giving up. But oh my goodness. Yes, my friends. Highs across my zone 8 and probably yours in 7 or 9 or 10 going to be in the 90s and the upper 90s. It's going to be hot, folks. Make sure your irrigation system is working. You may not have needed it much this year. Go out there and find out. Figure out where you put the nozzle to your hose. You know, get ready. It's going to be quite a week coming up. We've got more here on Weekend Gardening. Your business may be classified as small to mid-size, but you view it as an empire and naturally want it to succeed. Do you have the proper tools in place to efficiently utilize the staff who handles administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits? Without changing current processes and proper training, payroll technology alone cannot solve these problems. By utilizing the iSolve platform, MWG Employer Services can create new processes and properly train your staff to maximize the efficiency of this technology. For more information, visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Give your customers a whole home energy upgrade. The Propane Energy Pod Builder Incentive Program. What's the Propane Energy Pod? It's a total home energy upgrade that combines high-efficiency propane gas appliances to meet a home's major energy needs and delivers superior comfort and efficiency compared with all electric homes. Not only is it good for homeowners, it's good for builders, too. All propane homes, on average, are valued up to 5% higher than all electric homes. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. 
No Drip Roofing and Construction. The name says it all. Whatever Mother Nature can dish out, No Drip Roofing and Construction can take care of it. With no deposits up front required. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051. Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at the range in Gluckstadt. Mississippi's big Second Amendment tax-free holiday is coming up August 27th through the 29th. We'll be open all three days with a store full of guns, ammo, optics, and more. To make this weekend even better, we'll be giving additional discounts on all our tax-free items, not just a selected few. Lots of guns and ammo at great discounts. It doesn't get any better than that. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you there. Does your body hurt? Have you tried unsuccessful treatments for plantar fasciitis, tennis elbow, shoulder pain, or IT band? Innovative Health Clinic, formerly Acoustic Wave Treatment Center, offers an affordable non-surgical solution through acoustic wave therapy. The beneficial effects of acoustic wave therapy are often experienced after only one or two treatments. The therapy eliminates pain and restores mobility, improving your quality of life. Schedule your appointment at 601-944-5585 or online at InnovativeHealthClinic.net. Now taking same-day appointments. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. Homestyle plates full of catfish, shrimp, and rib tips, just to name a few. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. At Green Home Solutions, we make air better. Indoor air pollution can cause health risks, such as asthma, eye issues, itchy and sore throats, respiratory problems, and skin irritations. Green Home Solutions provides you the indoor air quality you want for your home or business without indoor air pollutions and without the use of harmful chemicals. Create a balanced, healthy, and clean environment with Green Home Solutions. We make air better. Call me, owner Michael Keaton, at 601-988-7840 or look for us on Facebook. Hey, everybody. Jay Farner here. CEO of Rocket Mortgage and Rocket Companies. Last year, we saw historically low mortgage interest rates. In fact, over 1 million homeowners took advantage of refinancing or buying a new home with Rocket Mortgage. What you may not know is that interest rates are already starting to increase again. And it's likely that trend is only going to continue. Our team of experts is standing by to help you save before rates go up. With an official mortgage review from Rocket Mortgage, you'll see just how much money you could save by making a move right now. Don't look back over these next few weeks and wish that you had taken action. You could save hundreds on your mortgage payments or pay off your home loan earlier than planned. You could even take cash out of your home to pay off high-interest debt, complete home repairs, or bulk up on an emergency fund. When you want to secure a low rate, Rocket can. Call 833-8-ROCKET or visit rocketmortgage.com. Rocket. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing lender license in all 50 states and MLSConsumerAccess.org number 3030. Ah, yes. It is true, friends. Sometimes it does all come together. The good news is we can handle it because, frankly, what else are we going to do? you got bugs in your garden. You've got perhaps maybe that okra pest is going to be Japanese beetles if they're shiny, but it's some kind of a beetle that does that little shot hole work, and it's the first step. The next piece of it goes a lot further and gets worse. Now, 
I, I'm really cons- I'm, I'm crazy this year because of all the Japanese beetles that I keep getting pictures of from people. So I didn't think about that, but that's easily co- what it could have been. Mike in Houston, what's going on with your hibiscus, sir? Well, I used to call them hot biscuits, but the hibiscus, uh, I have uh, found a fl- flower, a big, big red hibiscus. And is it too early to cut off that flower and let that seed pod dry, or, or do you, should you let it go ahead and dry on the plant? Oh, let that one dry on the plant. Um, and in fact, if it looks like it's getting brown and dry and starting to be there and the weather turns on you, put a bag over it so that it doesn't get too wet. <laughs> you can tie it on with a twist tie, but you don't want to cut it until you absolutely have to. Okay. Now, okay. part two. Mm-hmm. I got a uh, part two. I got a dumb cane that, that I, I had a little project on, and I chopped it up in three pieces. It's about twelve foot, about, about ten foot long. I chopped it in three places mm-hmm. and left the head, you know, the the flower. Uh, and I put it in one of those big old cattle feed buckets, all three of them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, and, and some good cotton soil and everything. Should I? Uh, uh, should I put a a dose of uh, high nitrogen plant food. How long have they been cut? Uh, about two months. Yeah, I'd give them some fertilizer. But you don't need to make it high nitrogen. You just give them anything. Okay. Okay. Because uh, there is growth. And uh, I'm, I'm amazed. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay, you're doing a good job as always. You're doing a good job as always. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I have, uh, I'm laughing because I have a, a dumb cane. I just gave a dumb cane to a friend of mine to propagate, but I've also got another one that I thought was dead. And I, it, it, it has some growth on it. And like Mike, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm happy that it decided to do that. <laughs> but it was a big surprise. Um, let's see. I don't know where this is. Raising Clinton. There's some kind of blight, and um, it's, they've had them sprayed, but now it's coming up on other plants. So the problem is that there's so many different kinds of blight. I'm sending you my email address, Ray. Send me some pictures of both the tree leaves and some of these other plants, and I'll try and help you figure out. If you know what they sprayed, too, that would help. But let me see if I can help you. It's going to take a bigger look than I can do from here. Um, it's a, it's a, that's a problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's funny. Now the oak, okay, the oak, liquid from boiled crabs, not just the liquid crab boil. Well, but either one would work, wouldn't it? Especially if you don't happen to be a person that eats the crabs themselves, but you like the, the flavorings. Oh, blue crabs, summertime. Oh, my goodness. Need to be on the coast. Need to be on the coast. Ah! Eek! It's Sharon and Summit. Eek! Yeah, the reason that gripe weed is choking out your St. Augustine is because it's been a, a wetter summer. You've also got Dichondra, the little tiny round one. And I think I probably also see the beginnings of... Some one of those other mulberry or one of those other ones that, that'll make too many seeds. These are these are best controlled with a pre-emerge. You're going to do that in September and then again in late January, February. But right now, you you unless you have something, there's not really anything to spray on them that's not going to also damage the lawn. There's not a selective one at this point um, for St. Augustine, I do not believe. You can ask at your garden center, there may be something I'm not aware of, but oh my goodness, the gripe weed and I are griping. There's another word I would call it, but I can't say that on the radio. (laughs) It's awful.
Awful, awful, awful. But, yes, everybody's seeing it. If you don't know gripeweed, you would look at it and think, oh, that's cute. It looks like a little tiny mimosa. It's not. And when you pick the leaf up and realize that all the way along that stem, as tightly as they can be packed, there are seeds that are going to come up and make more of this pest. Believe me, you'll want to get rid of gripeweed. Also called chamber bitter. You may hear it called that. But either way, get it out of your garden. Pull it up. It's a real important. Charles in Nyuka, what's going on with your fig trees? Hey, Charles. Good morning. Good morning. Hey. Yeah, we planted a, a new fig tree back in the spring, and it, it did really good through the summer. It got really bushy. And I'm just wondering when and how I need to trim that back for the first time. Oh, not until January. Wait until it loses all its leaves and is at its most dormant. And at that point, of course, all you're going to want to do is a very little bit of pruning, tip the edges, you know, so that it can stimulate some new growth. And if you've got any that didn't, any canes that rubbed, two of them rub against each other, you know, sometimes they don't always grow like we want them to, you can adjust that then. But do that in January. Okay, that sounds great. That's perfect. Just what I needed. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you listening. Good to hear from Ayuka, of course. The, um, Yes, blight is a big topic. I see that from myself. All right. Um, no, Debbie, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's very true. We've got y'all. Y'all are interesting. Y'all's conversations are just fascinating. I, I wrote about native hydrangeas today. Um, in this week's newsletter in the Garden Mama Weekly, I wish that you would join me and uh, subscribe to that and or join me on Patreon in the community for Garden Mama. We've got a Zoom coming up this month, of course. And, of course, there are things that you see from me there that you don't see anywhere else. My throwback Thursdays and um, <laughs> the video tips from my garden. People want to see what's going on in my garden. Well, believe you me, there's stuff going on, and I'm happy to talk about it, but some of it's pretty funny. Some of it's kind of... Well, I quoted Julia Child this week because I think we are having a whole lot of this. Drama is very important in life, she said. You have to come on with a bang. Everything can have drama if it's done right. Even a pancake. (laughs) Now, I would say even a vegetable garden, even a this, even a that. Um, There are a lot of things that we're looking at harvesting seeds from. There are a lot of things that we're planting at this point. It's a busy, busy time in the garden, and I really appreciate um, y'all's interest in it because it makes me happy, makes me very happy. Um, I don't know what that one is, Mary, but I will look. Ooh. Gripeweed, ah, in Bermuda grass. Yes, there will be. A, there are different kinds of pre-emerge um, in herbicides, but the one that's formulated for your grass will be the one to use. They're both done in the fall and again in the winter. That's for sure. Oh, that gripeweed. Pre-emerge products are really wonderful and helpful. Um, let's see. Oh yeah, I see the zinnias have got. Huh, I had no idea. That's an interesting remark from another conversation. But yes, um, the zinnias are, this is why zinnia growers, when you go to buy a bouquet, there's usually no leaves on the zinnia. Because <laughs> they strip them off because they get eaten like this. Now, this is this is a problem, more problem in some varieties than others, are just more subject to the leaf spot. But they are, the, the leaf spot is very common on zinnias, and the only remedy for it really is a different variety better air circulation around each plant 
and perhaps a preventative spray as they're coming up. The first time you see the spot, you would use a fungicide spray on it. But that's really all to do about it. The good news is the zinnias are going to bloom anyway, so just enjoy them. We can talk more about this, that, and the other thing, if you'll stick up with me, because guess what? There's more weekend gardening. Open up the window, let some air to this room. I think mama's choking from the smell of stale perfume. And the cigarette you're smoking about to scare me half to death. Open up the window, let me catch my breath. Mama told me not to come. Mama told me not to come. She said that ain't no way to have fun. Hello, Archie Manning here. When you grow up in a town like Drew, you understand once a Mississippian, always a Mississippian. I love this place and care about what happens here. Our doctors are telling us 95% of new hospital patients who have COVID did not get vaccinated. We know the vaccine works, but only if you get it. It's easy and it works. Please get vaccinated, my friends, and stay healthy. Sponsored by Delta Health Alliance. Go to getyourshotms.org. Your business may not be a Fortune 500 company yet. You've worked hard to grow your business to where it is today, but are the manual processes that worked when you were smaller now eating into your man hours? As an iSolve network provider, MWG Employer Services can help you save time and money by streamlining the processes of administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits, as well as training your personnel to efficiently manage your human capital through one platform. Want to find out more? Visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Are you having sewer and drain problems? Call the experts, Roto-Rooter. Since 1934, Roto-Rooter Plumbing has been fixing small home disasters. Mention this ad for $25 off any service. Call Roto-Rooter, 601-353-3333. That's 601-353-3333. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name. And a winkle troubles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. It's a madness sale. We're back on the lot. The deals are astounding. Really? Stop the noise. Quality vehicles, affordable prices, Pinnacle Motors. It's what they're all about. Come see Steve Owen and the friendly staff and find a quality pre-owned vehicle with financing available and a warranty. Pinnacle Motors on the corner of Highway 471 and Baker Lane and Vine Street in Brandon and online at PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. Quality vehicles, affordable prices, Pinnacle Motors. Your home for Ole Miss sports. WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. 601-345-8090. I'm Ace Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. When the pandemic first struck, it hit the elderly the hardest. But the Delta variant is changing that. We do have some evidence that we're seeing a slightly higher case fatality rate. But it, it may well be that we're just having so many people get it. Maybe we have some underreporting because Delta is just so contagious that we just have a, just an overwhelming number of young people getting it. State Health Officer Dr. Thomas Dobbs says they're seeing nearly 100% protection from illness and death in those who are vaccinated and plans to house up to 22,000 Afghans and their families at military installations are in the works. Mike Retzer, former ambassador to Tanzania, says the situation is tragic. Uh, the people there evidently are unwilling to stand up and fight uh, for a reasonable government. 
and the people who are willing to fight, the Taliban, um, well, they're in possession of. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. What is Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation's Child Saver Program? Well, sadly, car accidents are the leading cause of death for children under five. Mississippi law requires children under the age of four to be protected by child passenger restraint devices and children under the age of seven in a booster seat. With the Child Saver Program, Farm Bureau provides members the chance to order car and booster seats at a discount. Because when Mississippi thrives, we all thrive. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. A famous Mississippi NFL Hall of Famer has teamed up with the Delta Health Alliance to encourage more people to get vaccinated. I'm Jerry Rice. When I hear what COVID is doing to the people of Mississippi, it makes me sad. But you and I, we fought too hard in life to not fight this together. The good news, this is really simple. If you want to stay healthy, get vaccinated. Hello, darling. Nice to see you. Tom Waitwitty, Faith it's Hill, been. Marty Stewart, Sam Cooke, Bobby Gentry. Well, those are just some of the famous Mississippians you can nominate for the Max 2022 Hall of Fame. The deadline is Friday, October 15th, so cast your vote now at msarts.org. Five inductees will be announced on December 16th. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis. From Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. There are only two more weeks and then college football kicks off. And the official preseason AP Top 25 poll is out in Alabama with 47 first place votes is number one, followed by Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia is number five. Texas A&M is number six. Then it's Iowa State, Cincinnati, Notre Dame, North Carolina rounding out the AP Top 10. Then it's Oregon, Wisconsin, Florida is number 13, followed by Miami. Southern Cal LSU is number 16. Indiana, Iowa, Penn State, Washington, Texas, Coastal Carolina, the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana, Utah, and Arizona State rounding out the AP Top 25 preseason. Paul Ole Miss is in the others receiving votes category in the AP. Five Southeastern Conference teams are in the Top 20. There are soon-to-be SEC teams, Oklahoma at number two, and Texas is at number 21. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. At AT&T, we believe that access to affordable home internet brings you incredible opportunities. You can enjoy the power to explore a digital world of possibilities and connect with family, friends, and the things that matter most. That's why there's access from AT&T. If a member of your household is a SNAP participant, you may qualify for home internet at a discounted rate of $10 a month or less. No commitment, no deposit, no installation fee. Plus, get an in-home Wi-Fi gateway included at no extra cost. Call 1-855-220-5211 or visit att.com access now to learn more. 
SNAP refers to the Federal Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Pricing excludes taxes and fees. Includes one terabyte of data per month. Data overage charges apply. For details about data allowance, go to att.com slash internet dash usage. Geographic and service restrictions apply. High school football has begun on the MAIS schedule. The Activities Association schedule is set to start this coming Friday. Meanwhile, the High School Activity Association announced that it had altered its COVID protocols for the schools and moved to virtual learning this fall. Now, fall sports at schools that suspend in-person classes and opt for virtual learning can hold practices with district approval, that according to Executive Director Ricky Neves. Practices must take place after school and are given only two hours for each practice. Last week, Neves announced that schools with 100% virtual learning could not practice nor compete in activities Sanctioned by the High School Activity Association, schools must forfeit all contests scheduled while in virtual learning. The revised COVID protocols still prohibit those schools from competing in any games or activities. The Activity Association changed its stance because of the times we're in and the 14-day heat period rules. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Supertalk Sports Mississippi. your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Whether you are listening live, yes, that's right, live and in color, August 21st. 2021. So this is 82121. If you're into numerology, that means something to you. It's also, guess what? Only one of many opportunities to hear what Garden Mama, that's me, is up to because there's a podcast, there's a rebroadcast on Sundays, and there's always on demand. So you can literally put me in your pocket and take me and all of the friends and folks who call in and talk to me about their plants, you can take us with you. And we appreciate that you do that. The C Spire text line, of course, is also heating up, 601-879-4395. But it's the Super Talk call line at 888-808-8637 that gives you the most direct access to me that anybody gets all week long. Now, the rest of the week, where am I? I'm at my email, mamaonair at yahoo.com. Y'all send some of the funniest pictures. I'm telling you, I have seen, this summer, I've seen cucumbers in every state of shrunk upness. I have seen okra pods that are as long as my arm. It's been quite a year. Thank you, and continue to send those. I really appreciate it. I also really appreciate those of you who come to the Garden Mama community on Patreon, patreon.com slash Garden Mama. It's a really a wonderful group of folks. We will be Zooming again uh, here in a, about a week or so, and I, I just really appreciate the patrons who support my work. I thank you that very, very much. Do you use pepper on your food? Most people do. I'll, I personally like fresh ground pepper. Except on a few things, I really do like that super micro grind, you know, that comes out of the can on a few things, things like tomatoes and stuff. But the uh, Leibniz Institute of Plant Genetics and Crop Plant Research are letting us know they have done more to study pepper than anybody has ever done. There are 10,000 pepper samples, 10,000, yeah, that's right, capsicum species, all from the gene banks, of course, around the world. And what they wanted to do was investigate 
the history of this real staple spice that we use literally around the world in everything. So it's pretty fun. There, I have a feeling there's going to be uh, a few more stories about it that will come along as they begin to release more of the data. This was 130 countries over five continents, and it is indeed a massive amount of collaboration. What they also detected, um, interestingly enough, that the genomic traits in pepper that are associated with its pungency are distributed weirdly around the globe. So, of course, you know, we, they grow and they grow. and we love, Some people like them, some people don't. But you, you can't always get, that's why there's a different label on different pepper products as to what it's going to actually taste like. But they, they, the kinds of peppers that are collected do overlap, but their pungencies don't. So we, as individuals, have obviously picked the ones that we liked in that particular part of the country. I have recently um, developed a fondness for pink peppercorns. There's no reason for that at all. I just have. A couple of questions left from the previous hour about leaf spot on zinnias, that that alternaria um, fungus that gets on them so often. I would really like our okra grower to go out and look at those shot holes. They can appear from from insects from beetle damage, but sometimes hibiscus can in fact get that alternaria. And if it's been particularly wet where you are, you might want to consider looking at that. Um, and that's a problem. As I say, you you either deal with it as it first appears, or you don't deal with it because it's going to spread. Or you go in and pick sooner in between everything so that you can give them some more air circulation. That can help sometimes. Jason in Smithdale is interested in getting seeds from the yellow angel trumpet, the Brugmansia plant. Um, these are beautiful plants, and they will make seed, but the problem is that the further north we are, in fact, in, in I'm in the center of Zone 8, for example. In, in, in my part of the world, in, in Jackson, Mississippi, the... I don't have long enough fall often for for those seeds to mature. On the other hand, if you're having an ex, a really exposed, really brilliantly bright, sunny location, you may get seed pods. You'll get them, but they may or may not be able to mature. They're mature when the pods themselves, which kind of look like okra, oddly enough, they're long and, and sort of ridged. Those will eventually turn brown, and they're they're just beautiful. You need to store them and then plant them the next spring, of course. But it can be difficult to get the seed pods to ripen appropriately. So some you, you may want to seek a, a, seed, a seed source for those. Um, somebody that's either, either one of the cooperative seed groups, Seed Savers Exchange, for example, or somebody that specializes in subtropical and tropical plants because they don't always make seeds. It's kind of like the same thing that we have in Zone 8 with loquat. We can oftentimes get them to produce fruit, but whether or not it ripens just sort of depends on how soon the cool weather strikes us, uh, for sure. And that alternate area, we talked about that. Um, <clears throat> no, actually, I don't know, Ken. That one I don't know the answer to. Um, actually, let's see. Andrea can we use? wants to know, can we use the... Uh, same pre-emerge in our perennial bed that we use on the lawn. We don't usually use the same one, but read your label because it will depend on, first of all, what you're planting and what your weeds are. But it, many of the ones that are intended for use in the lawn have a particular sturdiness to them to allow them to get into the lawn and get underneath it. And you're not, you don't necessarily need that in the flower bed. 
I do use um, the preen organic in my flower bed, and I have a lot less gripe weed than I've had in other years, but, you know, it, nothing's perfect, I suppose. Can you still start zinnia seeds and celosia? Yes, today. <laughs> Hurry up. <laughs> in Madison, which is also Zone 8, there's time, but we need to go ahead and get them done. Uh, I'm on the cusp of planting radishes, if that tells you anything. It's a little bit hot yet, but I'm pretty close to doing that. So these hot weather flowers... We need to go ahead and get them in. Uh, in fact, I have one more package of zinnia seeds that I probably will plant this weekend. But you need to hurry up. We're going we're gonna to run out of time. Or at least we're going to end up with weather that is not... Um, we, we might be able to get them to grow, but we won't necessarily get them to bloom. So give yourself that, that opportunity. Zinnias and celosia, though, especially if you're doing the feathered celosia, the plume type, that one grows a little faster, in my experience, than the others. Not always, but but it seems to. Um, alternaria can be a problem on a lot of things. That's a good note. Thank you for sending me that. I appreciate that. Interesting. Interesting stuff we're talking about today, because everybody's got stuff going on in their garden. That is for sure. The um, I will give credit to, I, I thought this was true, but I did look up, to be sure that I was right, that you can get angel trumpets to um, make seeds. They just don't necessarily ripen in Zone 8 or Zone 7. I ended up going to my friend Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener's website. He's one of those people that I think you ought to keep bookmarked because he's always got something. His website is long and deep and involved, and I think that you ought to pay attention to it. Somebody wants me to set up another website. You know, I haven't had a website for a number of years. It got kind of super overrun, rather, I should say, by the whole social media thing. And um, now all of my archives and stuff are, are within that world. But I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about it. It seems like kind of, kind of old-timey now to do that. But I might. I might. Well, well, we got news about Arabidopsis. You remember Arabidopsis, don't you? Our our friend that literally gets tested for everything because it is such an efficient plant. Um, using cryogenic electron microscopy, they have succeeded in the second part of images of photosynthesis. This is crazy. The idea that we can see this, physically look at it. Now, clearly you have to have this particular kind of microscopy microscope and you would have you'd need better eyes than me to see through that but the the huge complex that is responsible for the oxygen production in photosynthesis is right there in the model plant arabidopsis what they wanted to do this is from umia university they wanted to figure out how we understand how we can understand how to make more of these things because we need to do that the uh, 25 years of course has been our little friend thale crest that's the rabidopsis but i also i forgot about this one i don't think i've called it mousy or crest in a long time it literally grows everywhere <laughs> that's one reason it can be tested but what they've been working on is the photosystem 2 complex this is 30 different proteins and cofactors like different pigments some metals even it is actually without doubt uh, in the largest group of complexes within the chloroplast and you've probably heard me before I get very excited about studies into the chloroplast because it is so essential to growth it just makes so much sense um, what they've worked on is 
the the same high resolution as the previous structures that they looked into other things, but this is the first time that it enables a comparison at the same level of detail. That's amazing. That's just amazing. I really love this. Um, and in fact, this just tells you about stuff. I probably said before that when I was in a college, when I was a college student, I worked a whole lot of jobs. One of them was as a bee. Yes, that's right. I was a pollinator. I pollinated strawberry plants in the strawberry test fields. Now, the bees do what they want. We, of course, had a chart. We had to cross this plant with that plant, and it involves a very complex procedure that did not include sticking my nose into the flower or anything like that. It's it's about changing which way the pollen is going to go based on how you make these control crosses. Very important stuff. That was in the 70s. At that time, my professor said, well, you have to have a long point of view. He says, how long before these good strawberries will be out in the market, sir? And he would say, well, it, it really does take a long time. In fact, I won't live to see it. And indeed, he was a full-grown person in his early 60s at that point, headed toward retirement, had been working 20 years on strawberries. And indeed, 20 years later, I think he was still alive, they began to release varieties from his, his work. So that's how long these things take. has to be grown, has to be shown, has to be proven, has to be tested, has to be propagated. Because you can't introduce something you can't propagate, right? you got to be able to get more of them out there. And I love this particular Ph.D. student. Since he was a Ph.D. student in plant protein chemistry in 1983, Wolfgang Schroeder has been working with this photosynthesis, photo, photo, two, photo 2 complex. Okay, And he says, you know, I really would, back in the day, you'd, you'd joke about it, and you'd just imagine if you could just dive into this system and look around. Well, he has lived to see it. And in his lifetime, this particular cryogenic electron microscopy is allowing him to see all of that. That's exciting. Going to lead to some even better research and better understanding for us of plant growth and the ways that we can affect it. And sometimes the ways we can't. Um, Let's see. That's interesting. Okay. Let's see. Charlie and Brenda from Clarksdale. Um... Crepe myrtle bug control. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that we're probably thinking about um, our our big problem in in crepe myrtle because there's there's always been bugs, but we've got bigger problems now than we did have. So I I will get into that in the next segment. Writing that down right now. I have a lot to say about it, so I want to have a chance to gather my thoughts. We have had so many people um, in in the the world look at us and say, why do y'all plant all those crepe myrtles? Well, part of the reason is because they do so well here for the most part. And another reason is because they have come to symbolize flowers in the summer, which is not the easiest thing to get. But anytime we plant that many of something, and we have certainly planted plenty of these, it's a difficult situation. Uh, By the way, y'all, I'm looking for Vitex trees for somebody who wants to plant a bunch of them. Speaking of summer flowers and pollinator plants. So if you happen to know of where that is, send me an email, mamaonair at yahoo.com. I've struck out so far. So um, if you're listening today, I-, I promise I'm still trying. I just haven't found them yet. The bee population, the dragonflies, and yes, even the hummingbirds have found the vitex in my front garden. It it grew funny but I can't prune it because every branch is covered up in pollinating insects. I'm going to have to prune it again next winter. But 
when you have a tree like that that is just doing such a beautiful job and, and making so many critters happy, you just have to leave it alone let it go. I got a note from someone this week about um, coral bean for that same reason, because the flowers were so pretty, but she didn't she didn't want the plant. And I understand that. It's not the easiest one to have around. But it it is a beautiful, beautiful plant. No doubt about that. Well, in the uh, the hot, hot weather that we're having and coming upon even more hot, hot weather, you may not want to know this, but um, you do truly need to wash your hands for 20 seconds, but you don't need to keep your hands in there for a minute and a half. Some people were talking this week about keeping yourself calm by getting your hands cold in water. Okay, fine, but take the ice out of your drink and put that in your hands. Just wash your hands for 20 seconds. That's enough. 20 seconds doesn't seem like very long, but it is. Sing happy birthday. You know, there's a lot of things we can do in 20 seconds. They, uh, the particles, the viruses, the bacterias have to get off of your hands. And in this particular, I love this, the physics of fluids by the American Institute of Physics Researchers from the Hammond Consulting Limited have explained the key mechanics of hand washing. Now, that may seem really bizarre and and elaborate, but why would we want to do something poorly if we're going to do it at all? And we certainly should be doing it at all. So, it's interestingly enough, it takes 20 seconds of vigorous movement. And then in my case, it takes another four or five seconds to put on the moisturizer on my hands afterwards because soap of any sort dry any kind that's going to kill the viruses and bacteria is also going to dry my skin out to where it'll crack so but on the other end of things from the uh let's see from one of the technological universities in china in, in, i'm sorry in singapore excuse me this is uh the next thing that we've been looking for mm-hmm. it's a soft and stretchable stretchable battery that you wear and it's powered by your sweat. Now, come on. You know you wanted this. You know you wanted to have this. And finally, I think we're going to get it. The prototype battery is a printed silver flake electrodes, and it generates electricity in the presence of sweat. So it looks like a Band-Aid, okay? It, you, if, <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you sweat a lot, Maybe you can power your telephone. I don't know. There's just there's so many things about it, but there's there's no toxic metals, toxic chemicals, no heavy metals. That means it's more sustainable. I want to see I want to see this. Science advances in July. I want this in everybody's stocking, at least in our part of the world. We need it. Goodness gracious, that would just be so super. A sweat-powered battery, wearable tech. Now come on, y'all. If we can put some insect repellent in it, we'll have something. Stick around. Time is tight. This is Weekend Gardening. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. 
If you are building a new home or remodeling an older home, Amazing Propane is for you. A propane tankless water heater, a propane generator, a propane gas grill and oven, propane fireplaces, even lighting. Propane, such a versatile, clean, cost-effective source of energy for any home. Propane, clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com to learn more. In the metro area, the houses talk. Hey, Jan, how's it going today? Hey, Barney. You're not sold yet? No, my shutters need replacing, my floors need unbuckling, my boudoirs need updating. Well, my person called Will White with the price, and Will White said the price was right. No updating, no nothing. I'm sold as of tomorrow. Call Will White. He buys houses. 601-401-4323. 601-401-4323. Or online at homebuyersms.com. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again. If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Tired of being gone from home all week? If so, Union Corrugating has an immediate need for Class A CDL drivers in the Vicksburg area. Competitive pay, paid time off, 401k match, plus medical and dental benefits. Right, right now, there's, there's a $5,000 sign-on bonus to all Class A CDL drivers that join our team. Call 1-888-661-0577 or visit Indeed.com. Union Corrugating, a leading manufacturer of metal roofing, an equal opportunity employer. Some people treat investing like a game. But Marcus by Goldman Sachs approaches investing in a smart way with digitally managed portfolios that leverage Goldman Sachs strategies. So, do you want to play games or do you want your money to work smart? You can money. Visit Marcus.com to learn more about saving, borrowing, and investing from Marcus by Goldman Sachs. Investing involves risk and investments may lose value. Brokerage and investment advisory services by Goldman Sachs and Company, LLC. Member FINRA, SIPC. Lending and deposits products provided by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Green Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> The new degree of comfort. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com.
Welcome in. Thank you so much for being here with me. We'd be really lonely without you, I'm telling you. 888 Of course, Daniel's here. You wouldn't be able to hear me, but, you know, he's not much of a gardener. So we have to, we have to talk about plants on our side of the, the screen here today. Listen now, there's a question about our friend the crepe myrtle bark scale. And I, I, have, I have referred everybody to... Blake Layton's brilliant work on it with Mississippi State. We were part of the largest. It started in Texas. Let's blame them first, okay? Like 2004. But Crepe Myrtle Bark Scale has moved across, and now it's even been found this year at places like South Carolina. It has to do with the movement of the plant material. It's not that they're jumping up and moving somewhere. It's that we're moving the trees. And when we have trees that have the problem, we take them somewhere else, they still have the problem, and then the other trees in the area get the problem. And what this is, of course, is a felt scale. It's not a T-scale. It's not like on your camellias. It's a different kind of scale. That's why what you see are black patches on the bark, and then you see kind of white puffing out from the sides of it, which can look a little bit like a mealybug or something, but it's not. That's just part of the, the scale itself. There are a couple of approaches to this. If you don't catch it until the tree is real bad off, Frankly, the work is intense to get rid of the, the pest, and you may want to plant a new tree. You may want to get rid of that one and plant a new tree. But if you have it at an early stage, you can certainly begin the work. Um, unfortunately, there are systemics that you will need to use, and then you will also need to use an oil spray going into the winter, and then you will need to treat it again next year. Somewhere in there, you're going to have to actually physically wash the stuff off. It does soft brush takes that. Not, not real soft, but you don't need a wire brush to get the physical stuff off of your tree. As you can see, it, it becomes a process that takes a long time, and the tree may or may not be able to recover. Go to msucares.com and search in there. Just put in crepe myrtle bark scale, and the next thing you know, you'll pop up with Dr. Layton's articles that will give you the specifics of when to treat, who to treat, how to treat, and all that. It's a very very specific set of instructions. Okay? Okay. I appreciate that. Um, let's see. When is... I don't know who you are, so we'll say that this is Bobby in Belzona. When is the time to pick my crab apples? Well, when when before the squirrels, <laughs> that's for sure. There's a point when the crab apple begins to try to let go of it. You can, in other words, when you touch it, it will come into your hand more easily. That's the point to pick them. And if you, but if you have to do them a little sooner, they will ripen a little bit off the tree. Not a lot, but they'll ripen a little bit off the tree. So if you're having a problem, having a fight with the squirrels, I've told y'all probably more times than I should uh, about my squirrels in my garden. One of the things that they do is to go to the neighbor's yard where there is a crab tree, a crab apple tree, and they throw the crab apples at me. And I'm not kidding. They don't, they, they think it's hysterically funny. Now, I will admit, because there's been a little pruning done on their favorite tree right by my back door, um, I think one of them thought there was still another, they raise their babies and then they teach them how to run and jump and fly and all those things that they do. Well, they don't really fly, but they sort of fly. Anyway, squirrel came, little squirrel came down, got on a branch that was not quite strong enough for it and then jumped and ended up flinging himself over the fence. Now he was fine. We went and found him, but it was one of the funniest things that I've ever seen that wasn't on on you know the the squirrel launchers against the bird feeders where they launch the squirrels off it's a it's a slightly heavier creature so it gets flown pretty funny stuff 
I don't. He hasn't come back over on that side. We went over, made sure he was still alive, but that was all. Oh my goodness, crab apples! I do love crab apple jelly. You're right. That is really, really good. Um, let's see, blackberry bush and the uh, new growth on the bottom, but the older growth is dying. Well, you're exactly in the right point of view. And what we do for the blackberries is we encourage the new ones to come up from the bottom, and each year we take out those old canes that are no longer productive, and you can do that now. Um, it, it's, it's a good idea to get in the habit of doing it each summer after you pick the fruit and because it, it makes a lot of difference in the way that the plant can survive. What we're trying to do, of course, ideally is to have a three-year-old cane all the time because that's the one that's the most productive in the majority of blackberries. Something to think about hanging on to that. I like that. Um... I don't know, Jackie and Brandon. I don't. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Um, I. I don't know of any. There. There are. There are trees that it's harder for moles to get underneath, but I don't know of any that actually will send them away that I can tell you about by proof. It would all be just a rumor. It would all be just a rumor. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's a good one. Yep. Our, our spots, our crepe myrtles are a big problem. We, we have so many things that we worry about, and we're good to worry about them because, frankly, if you don't, that's when they get to be a bigger problem. For example, if you're looking at a few little patches of black on that crepe myrtle branch or the trunk, then you need to be suspicious that you've got crepe myrtle bark scale, but you don't have a big problem with it, and you have a problem you can probably do something about. It's very important to know the difference. Oh, if you are interested in the pH of soil, as people can tend to be, particularly if they're thinking about growing azaleas or growing a lawn or, well, I don't know, growing anything, um, I did write about it in this week's edition of the Garden Mama Weekly, and um, I'll be happy to send you just that particular article if you write and ask me for it, mamaonair at yahoo.com, just like I answer any of your questions that come in during the week. And y'all have been filling up that box. I'm telling you what, my email is... I looked at it the other day and I thought, maybe I should just dump everything. Because I always move out the questions and I move out the stuff that's important. But boy, do I get a lot of email. My goodness. You probably do too. I don't know if you have looked at the fall bloomers, the asters, the boltonia, those things that, that we just kind of... What I call the plants that we harvest as much as we plant, but they're the ones that are going to be perennial and literally produce or, or receive themselves to the point where they produce very, very well. Pay attention at the end of next week. If it doesn't start raining again in your area, these are not plants that need much water, but because we're just about at the point where they've got some, some buds starting on them, if, we, if you don't get any water at all, Think about put, giving them just a little shot, a little bit of something over there in that patch where you've let the asters and the boltonia come up. You know it's there, and it's really pretty, too. Let's see. Um, Jason's in Laurel. It's too late now. When will it be too late to cut back azaleas? It is too late now. We want to cut azaleas back after their first bloom of the year if they are rebloomers or their only bloom of the year, if they're once bloomers. That happens in the late spring, and we need to cut them back because the buds begin to form within 30 days after that flower falls. Okay, so as soon as the flowers are faded, 
it's time to prune. Um, they will set. They, they don't. They're, they're already. They're in the process of setting their next blooms all the time. Azaleas of the traditional sort bloom on the wood that they grew this year. That's why we, after they bloom, we prune them. They grow through the summer and set their flowers on that wood that grows in the summer. If they are remontant, if they're reblooming, then they're able also to set flowers on the new wood. But they still need that old wood to be in good shape for it to be able to produce for the next year. So the question of whether they're setting buds in November, they might be, but you may just be seeing blooms in November if it's a reblooming azalea. And otherwise, it'll just look like it's green self. But yeah, there's work going on in there. There's definitely work um, to be done. And the azaleas take a long, long time in the same way that camellias and sasanquas take a long time to produce their buds. Somebody asked me, how do you remember when to prune sasanquas? It's not easy. She was saying that all of a sudden she's got all these seed pods all over the tree and she knows it's time for it to be putting on new flowers for next year. And da, 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 da. Well, it's almost next year, friends, because believe it or not, when the sasanquas begin to bloom late October going into November and then on into the winter, they're, they're literally, they build, buds were set a year ago, all right? So, for example... Um, Shishigashira, or, or any of the ones that bloom reliably in, in, in a standard um, and, and bloom for several weeks, okay? You've got to prune them within that next month, just like you have to do the other, the, 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 the camellias of japonicas and also things like azaleas. You've got to get that done in that month. So leave the azaleas alone for now. I, I always do say that if you have to prune an azalea because you're about to do some construction or something, you know, you, you're... You're moving unexpectedly, so you didn't have a chance to dig it up way back when and, and get it ready to move. Go ahead and do it, but make sure that you take a few cuttings at the same time. Try and root those when you have to move a plant like that. Or whether you're digging it up and then going to put it back in the ground, you're still going to have to prune some off of it. You may lose that first year's flowers following, but you may be, you may be all right. You may lose them, though, but they'll come back the next year. Um... David's in Pascagoula. He's got a plant. Nice plant, David. I have to stare at it. I don't know exactly what that is. It looks like it might be a spathophyllum, but I have to get up closer to it to tell you. Um, yeah, that looks to me like a spathophyllum. If it is a peace lily, then it's a good one. The first thing you need to know is that you need to lift it out of that basket and make sure it's in a container that drains inside there. If it's literally planted in the basket, you're going to need to pot it into a container that has drainage. That's the first thing. The second thing is it needs a bright light, but it does not need direct sun. And in fact, it will scorch up and burn and get sunburned if you put it in direct sun. So that's that's what you need to know. You can keep it outside in the shade or you can keep it inside in a bright window. Um, it is tropical. So even in Pascagoula, it's something that you probably want to bring in the house um, when the weather gets cold just because it stays pretty that way. It could survive outside, but you don't need to push it. You, need to, you, you want to enjoy it. Besides, they bloom a lot, and when they get started in bloom cycles, um, that's a lot prettier. You, you want that in your house. <laughs> I have got two of this same plant. Um, one wasn't doing so well, so I put it outside under a tree and just said, good luck to you. It's out there with the dumb cane, in fact, with the Diefenbachia that I wasn't sure if it was going to grow, but they're both doing fine. Um, the other one is still in the house, and now it's real crowded. I think I'm going to have to swap them uh, pretty soon. Give that, that 
indoor one a chance to get outside and get some humidity. Well, the muscadine harvest has begun. I hope that you are enjoying them. I'm I'm a semi-fan. I've eaten a lot of muscadines in my life, and I, I like muscadine jelly as much. I like muscadine jelly. I like it, okay? But I like the fresh grapes better. I actually like the wine even better if it's made properly and isn't too, too, too sweet. Um, I don't know what the control is of that. I don't know if it's the grapes or the process. But if this is something that you're crazy about, why not get out and build yourself an arbor right now and get ready? Because when the plants are available this fall, you want them to be planted on their arbor or next to their supports if you're doing four-by-fours or you're doing posts of some sort with with wire in between them. Whatever you're going to do, you may be planning for this thing to go over a pergola. That's fine, too. But however you're going to do it, give yourself that opportunity to build that thing now and get it ready, get the soil ready, and then once you get the plants, which will be in the later part of the fall, you'll have plenty of room and space. You'll know where they're going, and you won't have to put them through all the shock. Um, when you're when you're doing cooking pears, which is another thing that we're harvesting now, and um, as usual, Trey sent a beautiful picture of a table full of pears. Asked me if I was coming up to North Mississippi. Sadly, I have no trips planned, but I can taste the pie from here. Okay, <laughs> those cooking bears are wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So I'm glad to see those. Thank you. In fact, um, if you if you have a cooking pear tree, I like to wait for the first one to drop. Somebody's going to argue with me, and that's fine. But when the first one drops, the others are pretty much ready to pick, and. Um, if you wait for them to ripen, if they're cooking pears, if you wait, wait, or sand pears would be another name that kefirs. There's one of the varieties. If, if you are, um, if you're, if you're given that particular plant and and you leave them on the tree, thinking they're going to turn out to be like the Bartlets that you buy in the grocery store, or even the Anjou's or the Bosque, they're not. <laughs> if you leave them on there too long, they're eventually going to get real mushy and they won't make good pie or anything else. Then. Um, let's see um, Pam is in Sardis I don't want to transplant anything that I don't have to if you got to dig up the azalea or some trees at this point put them in containers or heal them into a pile of mulch the time to dig up and move plants between November and February woody plants between November and February okay okay all right. Oh, I do love a good piano boogie, don't you? This is Weekend Gardening. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. 
Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. Hello, Archie Manning here. When you grow up in a town like Drew, you understand, once a Mississippian, always a Mississippian. I love this place and care about what happens here. Our doctors are telling us 95% of new hospital patients who have COVID did not get vaccinated. We know the vaccine works, but only if you get it. It's easy and it works. Please get vaccinated, my friends, and stay healthy. Sponsored by Delta Health Alliance. Go to getyourshotms.org. Selling your vehicle? We'll buy it. Need to put it on our lot? We'll consign it. Just need a new ride for the new you? We'll trade it. Pinnacle Motors needs you and your vehicle. Steve Owen and the friendly staff of Pinnacle Motors is buying, consigning, and trading quality pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs at the corner of Highway 471 at Baker Lane and Vine Street in Brandon and online at PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. That's PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. Pinnacle Motors needs you and your vehicle. Quality vehicles, affordable prices. Pinnacle Motors. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need, a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress, let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no obligation estimate. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Five-pound large Gulf Shrimp Special, $29.95. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Seeing is believing with up to 14 types of saltwater fillets. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Highway 51 in Ridgeland, just past Lake Harbor Drive, 601-790-9407. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Ream Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> Ream, the new degree of comfort. Hey everybody, Jay Farner here, CEO of Rocket Mortgage and Rocket Companies. Last year we saw historically low mortgage interest rates. In fact, over 1 million homeowners took advantage of refinancing or buying a new home with Rocket Mortgage. What you may not know is that interest rates are already starting to increase again. And it's likely that trend is only going to continue. Our team of experts is standing by to help you save before rates go up. With an official mortgage review from Rocket Mortgage, you'll see just how much money you could save by making a move right now. Don't look back over these next few weeks and wish that you had taken action. You could save hundreds on your mortgage payments or pay off your home loan earlier than planned. You could even take cash out of your home to pay off high-interest debt, complete home repairs, or bulk up on an emergency fund. When you want to secure a low rate, Rocket can. Call 833-8-ROCKET or visit rocketmortgage.com. Rocket. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states and MLSConsumeraccess.org number 3030. No drip roofing and construction. Online at nodripms.com. Whatever Mother Nature dishes out, no drip roofing and construction can take care of it. 
Brandon Jackson has found a very cool plant. You know, sometimes shopping that back end of the uh, garden center or the big box store can be really advantageous. In this case, she's got one uh, from our friends at Monrovia. This is Millennium Garlic. I like this plant. It it has a pinky purple flower on it in the summer. Most of the garlics, you know, uh, alliums in general, bloom in the springtime. But, of course, um, garlic chives are blooming right now and and in this case the as well the beautiful beautiful millennium garlic is that's lovely that's just really cool very pretty how to make a garlic bed that's a good question um i like this one of the things um it, that's about uh, making the garlic bed i love that alan's got 200 cloves of garlic now come on now this is going to be fun i want to be there for the braiding next year it's going to be something um the best thing to understand about garlic is that it's got to be in place all winter. So you put it somewhere that nothing else is going to get in its way and you're not going to be tempted to plant on top of it. It will come up, but it will be a little while before, it, before all of them get sprouted. But you need at least four to six inches deep of soil. Four inches is fine and it is in a salad garden type thing, but it will get eventually they're going to get tall and need a little support probably. So if you have a deeper soil or a deeper container, that's even better. They need about a good garlic, good-sized garlic plant. It needs to have at least four square inches around it. So you know, four by four by four by four all around it. Don't plant them any closer together than six to eight inches apart, so that those areas can get close but not overlap. Um, sun fertilizer is a real good and real important thing. I want to put some fertilizer down, in fact, as a layer underneath a, a planting of the onions that's about two inches below where they are. In my case, it's in a raised bed, so I just dig it out and put, the, put that in and stick the soil in on top of it, drop in the bulb, and then finish refilling. But it's not that hard to do. It can work either way you want it to do. Um, David wants to know how often to water that uh, peace lily. Here's the thing. You want to put your finger in that soil when it looks really pretty and feel what that feels like. It's going to be not quite dry and not quite wet. If the plant is full in its pot, you will be watering it from the bottom most of the time. You still occasionally have to water from the top, but you can water it from the bottom and it will be very efficient and take the water up. If, you, if it's so crowded that you have to repot it, then for the next period of time you will have to water it from the top. You're not going to water it in, a, in indoors or outdoors any more than once a week. You might you might water it that often, you might not. But don't don't let it wilt. Don't let the leaves go pale green. Both of those things tell you that it is suffering and will need more water. Okay? Okay. It's a good question. Um, by the way, that Allium Millennium uh, is a pretty plant. It was the 2018 perennial plant of the year, and it takes a lot to be judged that. You know, there there's a lot of people. <laughs> there's a lot of people with... Uh, Plenty of experience in that particular department that would be happy to help you. Um, I'm, I'm already answered that one. Thank you very much. Now, I hope that you have been listening today and um, will just consider this. Do come and join me, patreon.com slash gardenmama. Send me an email if you want information about that or the newsletter or anything else, mamaonair at yahoo.com. All, all during the week, I check that at least once a day. Um, Roundup, as you all know, is something that I do not use. I don't find that it, it works effectively as I would like it to, but I also have other concerns about it. And there are 
lots of growing studies over the years that have brought the Monsanto people, who are now owned by Bayer, so it's the Bayer Corporation, who are reformulating some of the Roundup products in the United States market. They've already had to do this in Europe, okay? But what we're doing now is looking at the ways that glyphosate has impacted the environment and replacing its elements in something else so that in the garden products, the ones that you and I will purchase for use in gardens, not on farms, but in gardens, we will be able to purchase products from Bayer that will not have this this particular glyphosate in it. It will have a different herbicide. That's a big deal, okay? So you can argue with me if you want to, but I'm telling you, they're doing it, and that's why. They're doing it because they know it makes sense scientifically. It also makes sense to consumers because we're smart. We, we know what we want. In addition, um, that, that seven dust that you've had in your garage since your mother was, you know, a baby has, is going to go. We're, the EPA has finally taken a look at the research and look at the overuse of it and look at the way that it does not affect anymore like it used to, which is why there's 10%, you know, 5%. Pretty soon there'll be 20%. It's still not a good idea because it, after more than a decade of science, there are potential problems in, in edibles being used with this product. So they're going to take it. In addition, you still are being re, always told, wash that produce, make sure you're getting what you know, you know what you're getting and where it's coming from, but you will not be seeing that product in the residue reports any longer because they're going to take it out. And the really good news is that for you and I, there will be plenty, there are plenty of substitutes. So when I'm talking about the substitutes, I've been talking about them forever. <laughs> Because I don't, I don't, you know, I go the other direction. And indeed, um, as my friend Jeff Lowenfels said, you know, there's an epiphany sometimes that brings you to a change of point of view. Sometimes it's just that you realize that this, the same thing over and over isn't working. So it can be either one of those things that can bring you to a different point of view about pesticides. I hope that you will join me with a different point of view about pesticides. Um, let's see. Ken has a word on garlic. He puts garlic under his oak tree and he mows them down. <laughs> <laughs> and then when the uh, garlic smell gets stronger than the fresh grass smell, he goes around the patch and lets it come up. That, that's a perennial method of cultivating. I'm not going to doubt him. Uh, it's fascinating. Interesting stuff. I'm not that clever a mower. I don't, I, I'm, when, I, when I mow, I tend to be mowing, so I have to mark things that don't need to get mowed over. And there are some of them. There, there are quite a few even in my garden. If your crepe myrtle is not blooming, should you be out there banging on it? You know, they talk about hitting it with a switch and that sort of stuff. I, I've always said what is happening in that process, of course, is that you're changing the oxen flow or attempting to. It's the same thing as when you take the stem of a of cane of a rose, rather, that is a blooming one that's going to be climbing, and you make it go over and down a little bit, it's going to be stressed, it will put on more flowers. And the same thing is probably true of the crepe myrtle and the hitting it with the, the wrapping of the changing of the oxen flow. Don't let your neighbors see you do that. They'll call someone, and it may not be anybody you want to talk to. It's okay, though. They're talking about you anyway. Don't, don't forget that. If you're a gardener, and I'm so glad that you are, I thank you very, very much for your work and for, frankly, for being able to put up with me and listen to stuff that I'm up to. Um, we're going to be talking next week about more things in the fall vegetable garden and the fall flower garden. 
you know, it's time for chrysanthemums. It's time for us to be considering uh, how much more fertilizer those pumpkins can take and have the vines gone across the yard yet. You know, there's all of these things that happen for us as we move through August and things that we associate, quite frankly, with football season. We, I, at least in my world, because I come from that world, we associate harvesting gourds, you know, and, and, and all these other things with the autumn in the garden. We don't really get autumn for a long time, but we like to pretend, and that's why even though it's hot, 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 I want you to be thinking about broccoli and turnips. Think about lettuce. Think about spinach. Oh my goodness, the future's bright, and if you're a gardener, it's even brighter. Thank you so much for being with me today. i got to tell you again, please, friends, get your vaccination, wear your mask, and come back here next week for more Weekend Gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communication. At AT&T, we believe that access to affordable home internet brings you incredible opportunities. You can enjoy the power to explore a digital world of possibilities and connect with family, friends, and the things that matter most. That's why there's access from AT&T. If a member of your household is a SNAP participant, you may qualify for home internet at a discounted rate of $10 a month or less. No commitment, no deposit, no installation fee. Plus, get an in-home Wi-Fi gateway included at no extra cost. Call 1-855-220-5211 or visit att.com slash access now to learn more. SNAP refers to the Federal Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Pricing excludes taxes and fees. Includes one terabyte of data per month. Data overage charges apply. For details about data allowance, go to att.com slash internet dash usage. Geographic and service restrictions apply. Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at the range in Gluckstadt. Mississippi's big Second Amendment tax-free holiday is coming up August 27th through the 29th. We'll be open all three days with a store full of guns, ammo, optics, and more. To make this weekend even better, we'll be giving additional discounts on all our tax-free items, not just a selected few. Lots of guns and ammo at great discounts. It doesn't get any better than that. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you there. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.